Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Rose and Balls. Too much Knicks talk, you know, and, and it looks like these are just stalled on the Donovan Mitchell front. Um, yeah. There's been false reports of trades, a lot of, you know, clickbait people and people trying to get some attention probably or what have you, trying to fake announce something that went down. Who knows, right? But I think we've dissected to death. Um, I want to talk about the Charlotte Hornets uh, for a second. They're not talked about a lot. This may not be in a positive light, obviously. But, look, there's obviously a lot of teams that need help. And uh, the reason why I bring them up is, look, I, I think Adam Silver, take a step back here. Adam Silver has done a really good job of some of these rule changes that don't impact sort of the competitiveness and sort of the flow of the game, right? Comparing baseball to basketball for a second. You know, Rob Manfred and, and MLB did some pretty drastic changes, which I do feel impacted the the mid-level fan. Not even the casual. You have the hardcore fan, and then you have the, you know, core, you know, the local, the guy who follows the local team, then the casual that only follows it when they're good. And as someone for baseball is probably in that mid-tier who, you know, will watch the Red Sox if they're, you know, halfway decent or just curious about them. Um, I don't even know what these like things are. Like I look at the scoreboard, I'm, I'm reading things like these different acronyms, like, you know, mound visits, how many get per that per game. And, you know, that stuff's very confusing. Um, and then the runner at second in extra innings is weird. And then just like, they keep just adding teams to the playoffs. I don't even know what it is anymore. Like, is it five? Is it six? There's a one game and then a one game and then a one game. Right now, look, I get it. The NBA added the play in, right? But, like, it's still the same construct in terms of the 16 teams that get in. That's A. Um, and, like, yeah, they have to learn from baseball and not just keep adapting it. Stick with it and stick with it for some time. But that general thing to me is is the, uh, a, a key difference. Okay? Um, and one of the things that Silver did was when he took over, there was this notion of tanking, same hinky. Okay? And he had other teams that were just, like, you know, Danny Ainge made a comment, I remember, in the uh, mid-2000s, the, the Celtics were like a, a mid-30 win team, uh, and he knew it was going to be a good, I think it was 03, going to that maybe a little later um, season, a, a different draft, obviously. And basically, he knew that if the Celtics lost, they would, you know, be a top-nine pick. If they won, their that, draft, that pick's going to 16-17. And he even made the comment, like, yeah, you know, I'd rather miss the playoffs than make it. Which is, is, is not good, right? It's not good for the, the league because you don't want a team playing a game looking to lose. It's bad for the fans. It's bad for the product. Um, bad for everybody. So, yeah, inklings of that going on. Silver's big change was really evening out the lottery odds, not making it so overt that the top team would win it. And basically the top four, the bottom four, I'll have a 40% chance, I think really, really helps. I still think, and I keep bringing this up, the one thing that's weird is you shouldn't um, punish teams for making the playoffs, where basically you do not get a lottery pick if you make the playoffs. I get it for the competitiveness, but like the way I would do it is every team gets a ping pong ball, one through 30, and it just keeps, um, and maybe it's like, you know, 14, 14%, the top, bottom four, and then it drops to like, you know, six, five, whatever, and, like, maybe the 30th team's got a point oh oh one percent okay? But they should still have a chance of moving up in the draft, and I think every pick could be 
in that sense, like a lottery, like the 30th team can get the 17th pick. Like at that point, it doesn't really matter. Just like keep, you know, jumping it around. Um, so that teams aren't even incentivized to go from like 15th to 13 and things like that or coin flips and all that. Like just might as well do the whole thing. Why the top four? It's so arbitrary. Just go one through 30. But I bring this up because I still, I think there's a market inefficiency right now. And again, we always talk about this. You got to look at market inefficiencies. The big market inefficiency are because of the evening out of the lotto odds, and more particularly because of the plan. Um, those two things have really dropped tanking. Teams are now really doing it if they're more or less forced to an extent. Um, right now, the only teams that are looking to tank, when I say tank, they're not making move. They're not making win now moves to clearly make a run. They're not making win now moves. Here are the following teams. Okay, in the East, I would say probably Orlando, okay, maybe Detroit. Now, again, when I say, like, if you're developing youth and you're training for youth now, that's not a win-now move, right? So Orlando, Detroit, probably the only teams. And in the West, it's probably the Houston Rockets and the OKC Thunder. Those are probably the four teams. That's it, Right? Everyone else, and, and Utah, right? Utah, depending on what they do with Mitchell. So there's four or five, right? Now, of those teams, they're not looking to lose. I want to be clear. Like, they, they want to improve, obviously. And they're looking to have, you know, and I think, like, there's some, I don't want to use the word desperation, but there's some, um, well, I don't want to call it thought, or there's some notion in the front office that they, they need to, like, at least flirt with a play-in you know, for people to keep their jobs, right? So of those five teams, you know, I, I would say OKC and Houston are probably the safest in terms of, like, no matter what happens in the regular season, everyone's good, coaches and front office. They'll probably give it another year, okay? But Detroit, you know, Dwayne Casey's going to be in the hot seat. Their GM, Weaver, is going to be in if they don't have a improvement. Orlando, same thing, okay? So really, it's really... OKC and Houston are the only two teams, let's call it comfortable with with losing. They're they're they things will be okay if they lose. There's not this like um you know deep deep pressure. Unless things go really, really bad, like you're flirting with the worst record in the NBA. I'm not talking about those kind of scenarios. I'm talking about a situation where they're gonna allow teams they're gonna allow their players to develop, they're gonna let them play minutes, they'll let them play through errors. Right, might not be the prettiest basketball at all times. Utah's in that boat too. They're all three in the West, which is interesting. So Utah is probably going to be in that boat if they move Mitchell. Ainge is, is tend to do this. He just signed a new guy, a new coach. Uh, they're going to give the long play. Ainge is going to have the most runway here. But Hink, you know, um, Presti has obviously earned a lot, and Stone is still relatively new in Houston. And Houston could go haywire quicker. But OKC, Houston, Utah, three teams. The other two are going to try to win. Detroit, Orlando are going to try to win. The other teams are obviously going to try to win, not as hard. They're not going to sacrifice a lack of playing time development to try to win. Orlando and Detroit may. They may. Why is this important? Because there's a market inefficiency. There's this supposed to be a really good draft. These next two drafts are supposed to be really good. If you're a team that's 
probably in the, let's call it the 10 to 13 range in your conference. So if things go really well, guys are healthy, everyone kind of hits, your your most logical best bet is, let's say, the 10th seed. That's your best scenario. But your most realistic scenario is closer to the 12. And if things could go haywire, it's not looking good. This is an opportunity now to be like, hold on. Let's not kid ourselves. Why are we doubling down and, and, and you know, uh, ruining potential development and all that to try to get maybe if things are healthy, the 10th seed. It's not, it's not the way to do this. Okay. And now like the teams in the East are the ones to look at here. Okay. And it's not, and it's Charlotte. Charlotte's the team that needs to look at this because again, in the East, everyone's trying to win. Even Indiana, Indiana, I would have thought going into the offseason could have been one of these teams that we talked about. But no, they have Carlisle. And they said themselves, they're like, and I guess, and look, I get it. They moved Brogdon. I get it. They didn't force a healed Turner move with the Lakers or anybody else. They may. They may. But the team still has decent talent. They have Matherin in the draft. You know, Hal Burton's going to do well. They're still looking to win. Okay. And I think with Carlisle there and KP as GM, they're going to still want to make inroads to get that 11th and 12th. In the, I always say this about the Pacers. The last top three pick they got was in 1985. Rick Smith, number two. That's the last time. Ownership's not going to want to do it. They can't sacrifice it. It's not going to happen. And I'm not saying Charlotte can't. Charlotte can either. But Charlotte kind of got a little, you know, there's there's a notion like it's, uh, you know, it could have been happened for the best, right? So Charlotte going into the offseason. Their big move, what it seemed like, was let's clear cap because we don't go into luxury because we're not very good, and we got to keep bridges. We got to sign bridges long term. Blah blah blah. Fine. Obviously, the horrific situation uh, happened around bridges, right? Where he was doing there was a lot of abuse going on, and, and you know we don't have to get into all the details. But they they cannot just PR wise, and you know I think this guy's out of the league. Basically, they cannot re-sign him. It's not going to happen. So now you basically uh, lose bridges. Okay. You're already, like, before you were basically the ninth, 10th seed. Losing bridges is a big deal, right? And you, you didn't really make up for another talent. Like, you didn't sign anybody special. Okay. Like, this is not a great team. Now, they drafted a center. Great. He didn't look fit. Mark Williams, basically. Who looked fine. He didn't look great. In the summer league, now you can say, oh, I think it's time for the summer league. Come on, give me a break. And, um, you know, the rookie last year didn't look so fantastic either. Book Knight, which was curious why he didn't play in the summer league. He probably should have. Now, Charlotte's got an opportunity here, okay? And the opportunity is with they have three kind of not great contracts right now Gordon Hayward, Kelly Oubre Jr., and Terry Rozier. This is a big opportunity for Charlotte where. Look, if they just play the season as is, they're probably going to get the 11th or 12th seed. It's probably what's going to happen. They'll probably get, like, the eighth pick of the draft. Right? They'll probably be similarly close to Indiana. It's going to depend on, you know, LaMelo Ball's health and how he develops. Fine. That's the most likely scenario. But you have an opportunity now with the Lakers looking to win now. You don't need to get a pick. The Lakers want to improve their team without moving draft picks. You have an answer for them. Okay, now the Lakers' options right now, if they wanted to move Russell Westbrook to get win now talent, if I'm the Lakers, 
and my my directive is pretty much contend, contention or bust. I got to take some risk. I got to get guys who maybe have an injury history, but they're going to be healthy for the playoffs, can shoot, right, and can just play rotational minutes around LeBron and AD. Your other option, if I'm the Lakers, is the Heat. But again, the Heat want to win. And the Heat have Lowry, Kyle Lowry, and Duncan Robinson. So my question is, if you're moving Westbrook, which option, what would you rather? Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, who I don't even know the Heat would give up for Westbrook. They probably want an asset. But fine, that's one option. And your other option is Kyle Oubre Jr., Gordon Hayward, and Terry Rozier. I don't know about you. I, I think that Charlotte option looks pretty good, right? Rozier can play off the ball with LeBron and AD. He's a, he's a deadly shooter, okay? Oubre can definitely play rotation minutes. And if Hayward, if you hit with him, now, you know, you could really be something in the playoffs. That, that's a great trio. And if he's healthy, he could spell some time for your, your big two. So I, I think Lakers do that deal. And for Charlotte, to get out of jail free card, right? They remove... Um, they remove some necessary uh, assets, let's call it, okay? And, you know, definitely, definitely would be better, um, better served uh, doing a move like that. So that's a, that's a get out of jail um, for Charlotte, if I ever, if I knew, if I ever uh, saw one, and that's going to allow them to then, you can all have to keep Westbrook, right? You could wave him, whatever. But now you clear cap, and you hope you're going to be bad probably for one year, and that's going to allow you to reboot as a franchise. That's the move. Um, will Charlotte do? We shall see. Really simple. Nothing crazy, and everything sort of gets saved um, by doing that. So, like, look, again, we shall see. But Charles does that move, and they kind of roll with, you know, mellow ball. They got to they gotta put pretty much a, a team together that doesn't look the prettiest. It's ball and, and not such great players. And, look, if you win with ball, great. Book Knight needs to get more minutes. P.J. Washington could emerge. But you clear. You got to clear the junk. This is your chance to clear the junk. Why double down on the junk, right? So if you if you keep Hayward Ubre Jr., look, there's uh, uh, these guys have been injured. Hayward's been injured all the time. Odds are he will continue to get hurt. So you can live with it, and then their value is going to go to to nothing, right? Like this is the chance. Their value is going to diminish hard. Take advantage of it now. You get a clear cap. We'll see what happens.